may be seated. Thank you for your love and your passion for people. Uh, it's, it's so amazing, especially in times like this, when you say, well, there's nothing I can do. There's always something you can do. You may not physically be able to do anything for the issue, but you can pray. One of the greatest things that the church needs to get back to is to be a house of prayer. That's what the Lord said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And so it's so important that we get back to the importance of prayer. Last week we talked about all of the different things, trials and tribulations, but the Lord said count it all joy when you come through those things because He said, I've overcome the world. I've overcome all those things. And you may not can comprehend it today. You may not understand it. We've even talked about how some things only happen to us because we created them. You stand on a train track and you know that a train rides on that track and you know at 3 o'clock every afternoon that that train comes through there and you stand there and you say, by faith that train's not going to hit me unless that train conductor sees you and stops, you're going to die. You did that. God didn't do that. You did that. But there are things in our life that sneak up on us. They catch us off guard and we're, we're caught unaware and we feel like God is not there. For instance, if you find out that you have a terminal illness and you were feeling fine before you got to the doctor, you just had a little pain and when you got there he told you you had three months to live. That's something that's out of your control. But we serve a God that is in control. And God is not as interested in your life on this earth as He is in the afterlife. He is more interested in your eternity than He is your happiness. And we talked about how He's more interested in you living holy than He is you living happy. We're trying to create heaven here and heaven will never be here until the new heaven comes down as John the Revelator said. The new heaven, he said, Behold, I've seen a new heaven and a new earth. And they came and the new heaven sat upon the new earth. So until that day happens, we're going to have trials and tribulations. But again, be refreshed by the word of the Lord. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. For the Lord is with you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But I will go with you into the utter ends of the earth. And he gave us a great assurance even after that. That even if this body lays down to death, he said, oh death, where is your sting? Oh grave, where is your victory? You see, we are never going to die. This body may lay down, but I'll lay this body down and get a new body and it's eternal. There'll never be a sickness, a pain, a murder, anything anymore. It'll be a place of rest. And boy, that's what we're all seeking. Just a place of rest. Can you just give me a break? That's what we want. Well, I want to talk to you this morning about get a grip. It's not my problem, you have your problem. It's not your problem that I have a problem. The problem in our life today is you've lost the grip on something. How many of you think you're good at getting a grip on things? How many of you were uh, played sports? Anybody played sports? Anybody got sports in your family? How many of you think you can keep a, a good grip on something if I hand it to you? Think you can hang on to this for me? Dylan, do you think you can hang on to this? Egg? Come here, Dylan. And I'm not going to leave Dylan by himself. The Bible says when two get married, the two shall become one. So I say unto thee, Haley, come on up here. I told Pastor Kevin, I said, get me two eggs. It's not fair to let one. Come on up here on the stage with me. I want to talk to you about getting a grip. Let's set this down here because I really want to see this as much as they want to see this. So we're just going to, here, hold this. It's not hard-boiled, I promise you. 
There is a chicken in there that could possibly lose his life today. It's up to you. Just like this egg here, let me let me take that just a second. This is this is a an egg, and it's sloshing around, and it's sad to know that this egg will never hatch. May hatch, may not live long, depending on how well his grip is today. But I want you to understand that our life as a Christian is like this egg. You say, well, pastor, God loves me and don't matter. No, He loves holiness and He says, I'm coming for a spotless bride. He's not coming for a spotted up bride. He's coming for one that is going to be wholly acceptable in the sight of the Lord, that is seeking righteousness. He said, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all things shall be added unto you. What are those things? The heavenly promise that you have. That's what he's talking about. I know you guys are athletic. I see your Facebook and I watch all that and I know that you're keeping up with that. Feel that. Just shake that egg right there just to confirm that. Is there something sloshing in there? A little bit. A little bit. So what we're going to do is we're going to... Our, our egg guy, he's out finding the chicken. I guess he had to go find the chicken. But uh, we do have another egg for you guys. Hebrews chapter 10. I want you to look at this scripture with me and then we're going to uh, just try out a few things here and see what can happen. Uh, as life throws things at us, we know that we have to learn to keep a grip. Le- Hebrews 10, chapter 20, verse 23 says this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. Let's look at it again. I usually load you up with Scripture today. This is the only Scripture you're going to get. You'll get an- uh, others, but but this is the one we're focusing on. Hebrews 10.23, let us, that's us, hold fast, what? The confession of our hope without wavering. For He who promised is faithful. God is faithful. Now, I don't know what God has promised you. I know what God has promised me. Not just in heavenly reward. I know what God has promised me here on this earth. I know the things that God has put in my spirit that He will perform at His perfect time according to His perfect will. I cannot outrun the cart. I can't get the horse ahead of the cart. I've got or get the cart ahead of the horse. I've got to make sure I stay in the will of God. And if I stay in His will in due season, in due seasons, Galatians 6, 6 verses 12 all the way through there says, Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall, what? Reap if we faint not. The only way that you can reap is if you're what? Sowing. We talk about sowing a lot. We talk about it a lot with money, but it's really whatever you sow, that shall ye also reap. So if you're sowing gossip, you're going to get talked about. If you're sowing malice, you're going to get the... If you're sowing bad things in your life, you're going to get bad things back. Bring that on up here to Miss Haley. Let me shake that make sure you didn't boil it. Took you a long time, Kevin. Did you have to go to Huddle House to get that? I'm just kidding with you. Now, here's what I'm going to do. These are tennis balls. I got these so nobody would get hurt. That's a tennis ball right there. Be careful. All right, so that's a tennis ball. So I'm just going to toss that around and see life throws things at us all the time, Brother Cecil. You got to be ready. You got to be instant. What? In season. Throw it back to me. See, if I'm doing this, you got to get it back to me. You don't throw a ball in this to somebody keep it all the time. Now, you've got an egg in your hand, and you've got an egg in your hand, so come out here in front. If you drop this on the carpet, we can have it cleaned. <laughs> it's not going to be an issue. But there are things that happen in life. Some things are expected. Some things are expected, like this, for instance. Uh, Dylan, I'm going to throw this tennis ball to you and you're going to catch it, but you've got to make sure that that egg is not cracked, okay? That's intentional. Hold on, i got another one. 
Okay, so you got that. So he knew that was coming at him. We know that. He's got a grip on the egg. He's got a grip on the ball. And now, Haley, I'm going to throw a tennis ball to you, and you're going to catch it, okay? There you go. All right, so throw that back to me there. But there's also things in life that are totally, I mean, they're totally unexpected. They may come at you, and you got to jump. you got to react. you got to be ready. If you're not ready, this tennis ball hits you upside the head. So today, Brother Christa, I advise you, do not go to sleep. If you're asleep today, you're liable to get a tennis ball upside your head. But there are things in life, kids that go crazy, and you're not expecting that. You've got to catch these balls. They're unexpected things in life, and they start coming at you. Sometimes you drop those. But the most important thing today is to keep the egg what? From cracking. You've got to keep the egg safe. The egg is important. There cannot be life if that egg cracks, if that egg falls. And listen, here's what the Bible tells us. He says to hold fast the confession of our faith. Hold on. Let us hold fast. So, so right now your focus in your mind, number one, is i got a whole bunch of people looking at me. And I didn't expect to come to church and this to happen. And I may be trying to find another church after this. <laughs> Does there anybody have one? But your real focus is this egg. Give me those balls back. How would you get so many of those? Now, for the next few minutes, hour, if I throw these, you've got to keep these. And if you miss, you've got to go get it. Nobody in the, nobody in the sanctuary is going to help you. So if I throw these two, you've got to, you've got to, and I don't care how you hold the egg, you can't put it in your pocket. But you've got to keep that egg secure because that egg represents what God has given you, and that's precious. The Bible says that children are a heritage of the Lord. That's precious. If you crack that, that chicken has no life. Because after we're done with it today, I'm sending these home with Brother Wayne. He's going to sit on them. We're going to have chickens around here. <laughs> hold fast. Let us hold fast means we've got to seize and retain something. If you're holding fast, you've got to seize that and you've got to retain it. Now they understand that this egg is important. They're, they're really unnerved right now. And I'm kind of unnerved because I'm thinking, I know I'm going to probably have to have carpet clean, but that's alright. It's not a problem. Hold fast to put, to put full strength into. But the only problem is, is sometimes if you hold it too tight, what can happen? It break it. Some of us, we're holding so tight we don't want to do anything with anything because we're scared it may break and somebody may get embarrassed. God is not in the business of embarrassing people. God is not in the business of breaking you unless He needs to break you to get His will in you. And some of you right now, you may be walking on, on eggshells in your life and it's only because God is trying to get your attention. I started to give you a tennis ball today and throw eggs. Hold fast, let us hold fast, put full strength into, let us declare individual response. So if you know you're a Christian, you shouldn't be ashamed to be a Christian. It should not embarrass you to pray in public. It should not embarrass you to say that you serve God. He said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Why do we have to go through a whole act of Congress to see who's going to pray sometimes? But then you always got that smarty pants that can outpray anybody. I'll pray. And they start praying in King James Version. Yea, I say unto thee, these eggs at the huddle house came from the Creator, the Almighty, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the sooner return, Jesus. I say as I consume these today, receive it unto myself. Gag me. You've got to be ready and you've got to keep a grip on your faith. Listen, stop acting like somebody that you're not. 
Stop trying to be a preacher that you're not. Stop trying to be somebody you're not. You weren't created. You weren't created. Don't you help her out. You, you, you were not created to be somebody else. God said you're fearfully and you're wonderfully made in the image of God Almighty. You've got to be ready for all things. Instant in season and out of season. But why is it that we can't hold fast to the confession of our faith if it comes against something that we feel? Why is it that if we're in another group of people, we're, we're very silent? We ought to be the most vocal, happy, happy-go-lucky people you've ever seen in your life. We ought to be, we ought to be so ready. I'm telling you, these, these guys are good. What, y'all got two apiece? Doing good. So hold fast. Everybody say, hold fast. Let us hold fast. The second part of that is what? To what? To our hope. What is your hope? Well, I hope my job don't play out. Gag, gag, gag. God said, I shall supply all that you need according to His riches and glory. The last I checked, He created the egg. He created the chicken. And it really don't matter what order it was. He did that. So stop worrying about stuff that's none of your business. Just pay attention and be ready in season and out of season. That's a girl throw right lobbing up in the air. Come on, brother. Hey, come on, brother. He said, hold fast, hold fast. But he said, hold fast the confession of our hope. You are made an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. The confession of your hope is this. Oh, I got cancer. I'm going to die. Good for you. You see, I don't have a lot of sympathy on that because... You are professing what your hope is in. And if your hope is in cancer, cancer will kill you. Well, I don't believe that way. You don't have to believe it. That's what the Word of God says. The Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. Stop talking junk and, start, and expecting great blessings. I just don't know if I'm going to get ahead. You're never going to get ahead. I'm just waiting on God to bless me. Stupidest prayer you can ever pray. God's already blessed you exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ever ask or think. You've got to be ready for all things. We act like we're a bunch of crazy people. We act like we've never read the Bible in our life. You're stealing. Move over, Haley. He stays taken from... Move over, Haley. You got good. Good for you, Haley. He's going to drop his eggs. Watch you. You ready? <laughs> hey, he's got us. I don't care how you hold him. You got to know when to hold him. But whatever you do, don't you look away. Because I'll hit you right in the head. The confession of our hope. Confession means to agree with what you say. I love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. Do you really? Do you really? Do you really? Do you really? I've seen you on Monday. I've been out to eat with you. I know what you talk about. Love the Lord. You love the Lord. You love the Lord, but hate all of His little children. Jesus, I heard a story one time. A song said, Jesus loves the little children. Never seen any of this color but red and yellow, black and white. They are precious and it's like, Jesus loves the little children of the world. That's yours, Dylan. You're supposed to die for it. It comes at you unexpected. Whose ball is this back here? Huh? 
the confession of our hope. What are you speaking? What have you been speaking over your life? What have you been speaking over your home? What have you been saying over your children? You've got to get a grip on your tongue. The power in life and death is in the tongue. You've got to quit saying junk over your family. You've got to quit saying junk about your church. That's good, Haley. <laughs> I know what they say. They think sometimes people put stuff on Facebook and they think that the whole world they're, they're meaning it for you, but everybody else is looking at it. The confession of our hope. What is your hope in? If your hope is in Christ, then nothing, nothing, he said, shall by any means harm you. No weapon formed against you. You don't know. That's a big word. That C word. That cancer's a big word. No weapon. There is no death. There is no power in death. Oh, death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? Where is your victory? Get it? Come on, guys. Get it back up here. So the confession of our hope is important. I'm going to take one from you for that one. Awesome job, awesome job. She just showed you up, Brother Dill, I'm telling you. So the confession of our hope, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. If you're going through stuff in your life right now and you're just, I just don't understand, start looking back, refreshing what you've been saying, what you've been posting, who you've been talking to, who you've been hanging out with. Let me share something with you. I could send these guys out here during the remainder of this service to go climb in the trash can and just hang out in the trash can. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to come back in and they're still going to look the same, but they're going to smell like what they were around. Why? Because they're guilty by their association. They're going to smell like trash because they've been hanging out with trash. And you say, well, what are we supposed to do? Listen, we're to be uh, in the world but not of the world. You don't need to be smelling like the trash of this earth. You need to be walking around. You are, and we need to proclaim, I am the righteousness of God. I live in the fullness of His glory. Every day is a gift of God. And every day, let us give Him praise. This this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad therein. But life is throwing stuff at us constantly. It's just crazy. Stuff is flying at us. Then we're going, I just don't know if I can make it. Well, God said, greater is He that is within you than He that is within this world. we got to stop acting like a bunch of babies and grow up. Jonathan, where you at, brother? Sometimes you got to catch other people's burden. <laughs> Hope means you believe. Do you believe you're saved? Why don't you act like it? Why don't you tell your face that? The Bible says, let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Some of you come in and get out of your car. Look like you've been chewing lemons for, for breakfast. And, well, what's the matter with you? Well, I need some coffee. Oh, you, your hope is in coffee. So you get your coffee and then you want to tell me your woes and wees and how many tennis balls came that you didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know they were going to serve them to me. I just didn't know. 
But life, man, it's steady. It's just steady. It's a steady flow. I'm going to run out of tennis balls here. Anybody bringing tennis balls? I don't hate to bust these new ones open. I really thought you'd break your egg by now. <laughs> the confession of our hope means without wavering, means you're firm and you're unmovable. When we look like the world, we have failed as Christians. When we look like the world, when our services look like the world, when we act like the world, we've lost our testimony. A testimony means you're going to go through a test to get a money. And in the test, there's a lot of moaning going on. Stop your moaning and be a big person. Grow up in the Lord. Stop. Sister Ruth, thank you for praying for me because that just I just shielded some bad stuff. Oh, hey, hey, you almost lost your egg. So let us hold fast, what? The confession of our hope for what? For he who promised is faithful. You ever have somebody promise you something? Ever have somebody promise they're going to do something for you and they didn't do it? How does that make you feel? Disappointed. Here's what the devil's doing today. He's doing his absolute best to break families apart because he wants you to think that your heavenly father is like your earthly father, which was sorry. And he's not a good representation of what a heavenly father is, but you have put in the place of a child. The Bible says that a child, a child is a heritage from the Lord. It's a gift from God. And we're so lackadaisical to the fact that I just want what I want and God understands and we're willing to throw that away. We're willing to throw that blessing away. And God has given you a seed. He's given you an egg. He's given you something to raise and you have failed that. And what's happened in our nation is we've allowed too much of that to come in and it's created a mess for us and they blame the church. It's not the church, but now I say to the church, it's time for the church to arise and start praying and get back on their feet again and take it by force. It's time for us to pray. Look, I mean, she don't even bat an eye. It's like, ah, throw it at me. Throw it at me. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. Don't be looking at her now. I've got four balls left. This is going to go viral. This is going to go viral. For what? For he who promised is faithful. The biblical definition of promise, listen, is to announce that one is about to do or finish something. A promise. God has never made a promise that He has not fulfilled. You may fail on receiving it, but He's never failed on giving it. And He will perform. He who began a good work shall perform it until the day of what? Until the day of redemption. Until the day He comes to receive us unto Himself that where He is we may be also. Look at y'all looking over there. You're going to get hit in the head. That's the way we do it at the river. I see you on your phone. (laughs) 
three left. How's your eggs doing? This is not fair. See, what they've done is what we all do in life. They've figured out a way around it. Oh, she's, she's getting there. He who promised is faithful. Faithful means a person shows that himself, that himself or he, he or she is reliable in the transaction of business. Who is he who promised? Well, it's not the president. It's not your father, your mama, your governor, police department. Who is he? He is God. And the Bible says above him there is no other. But it also says about this God that he is a just God. He's not going to allow the things that we are allowing to continue to go on without punishment. There is a punishment for sin. God did not create hell for you. He created it for the enemy. You were never designed nor born to go there. You decide to go there. It's your decision. But let us hold fast the confession of our faith. For He promised is faithful to perform what He has promised. God has promised you as an individual things. But the problem today is we've had so much life coming at us. We've lost our grip on what's important. Some of you broke your egg years ago. Some of you lost years ago. But the Word of God says that He who started something in you is faithful. Is faithful to perform it. You guys have been so good. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. They're going to get a. They're going to get a. They're going to get a special prize today. <laughs> Father, in Jesus' name, I pray. Thank you, guys. You can put those back. They did an awesome job. No cleanup. You get to keep the egg. You give that to Wayne. He'll sit on it for you. I would not count on it if he promises it for it to hatch. It's probably not going to to hatch. Let's give them one more hand as they they clean out. It's so important, guys, that we understand. God has given each of you a ministry, a task. I threw way too many balls out here. Thank you, Haley. No, you can have the eggs. You can give them to whoever you want. Well, no, you keep the eggs because I don't trust anybody over here. They liable to throw them at me. How many you got in? Pat him down before he leaves ushers. Make sure we get all of our tennis balls. These were loaned to us. Thank you to Brother Chris Jones who donated these to use today. He's home with sick children. We're praying for you and your family. He donated these, so God bless you. He who promised is faithful. Church, I'm going to end it with this saying, each person has been given something so spectacular from God. And we've allowed things from the outside world to get us out of focus. Some of you scrambled your eggs so many times you don't even know if it's hard-boiled or fried or you don't, you don't know. You're confused because people have told you what your eggs are going to That ain't really an egg. Whatever it is God has given you, you need to go back to that first love. You need to go back to that first calling. You need to go back to whatever it is God told you to do. And you would be willing to say it doesn't matter if time, if time and money were not an issue, I would do it. That is your egg. That's your call. That's your God's will. Because here's what I know about God. God doesn't need your help and He doesn't need the world to help fund you. All these people that beg for money, it makes me sick because it's totally unscriptural. He said, my seed, 
This is what the Word of God says. My seed shall not be seen begging for bread. You got people support my ministry. No, I don't have a ministry. I have a calling. We need to stop claiming things as my ministry, my church. No, I don't have it. I'm part of a church. I'm part of the church of God, not the church of God. I'm part of the church of the living God who sits on the throne of heaven. So I want you to stand to your feet. This scripture is so important. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Nothing should move you. Nothing should surprise you. The Bible says if they hated me, Jesus said if they hated me, they're going to hate you. They're going to despise you. What they did to Jesus, they'll do to you. They falsely accused Jesus. And He said not a word. Why? Because He had a will. He had to perform what God had sent Him to do. Could He have changed that will at any time He wanted? Could He have called thousands, legions? Absolutely at no, at no problem. and no, They'd have been at His disposal in, in seconds. But He had a purpose. And His purpose was not to get famous. His purpose was to make His Father known again. How? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Everybody knows that Scripture. I, get, I bet the whole world, if you say, hey, can you quote John 3.16? Everybody can quote it. They just don't know what it means. He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe. The problem is, is we've lost the grip of what we believe. We have a statement of faith. We have a this we believe, and most of you don't even know what that is. Why? Because the, the, the organizations, the pastors, they, they've taken that away and they've said, look at me! And they failed a whole congregation and a whole generation of people have fallen. If you don't know this, you don't know Him. I don't want people telling me about who Bridget is. I want to know her. The best way I'm going to know her is to spend time with her. You don't just out of the blue go through a phone book, which most of you probably don't know what that is. Maybe you know, you know it by contacts. You just go through a phone book and go, oh, I'm going to marry that person. Then you look up, call them and say, hey, we're going to set a date. You don't know anything about them. That's the way some of us do with Jesus. We come in, we get introduced to Him, we leave. We don't know who He is. We only come back when we need something from Him. That's, I know that's exactly right. I get more people coming back to church and the first thing I listen for is, what do you want from God? What do you think I can do with some magic formula and a little bit of oil here? That oil don't mean anything if you don't believe in it. If you don't understand what, was, what took place for that representation of the blood of Jesus Christ, we've been praying prayers that mean nothing. They're in vain. I want God's abundance in my life. You, you don't want God's abundance in your life. Listen, I'll go and I'll do whatever. No, you won't. You won't even come to church when it's good times. You want to come when it's convenient. God is searching for you. Why? Because He created you. You're His child. Listen, I know almost at all times that either my wife knows where they are or I know where they are. I know where my children are. And I know where they should be. 
It's when they're not where they're supposed to be when I worry. It's when they do their own thing that I worry. And that's what God does. He worries about you because you don't know how to live right. I don't know how to live right. That's why He said, call on me. That's why He said, cast your cares on me. You don't know how to take care of the cares of life. He says, cast them on me. That's the only place He's telling us to lose a grip on your cares. Because half of what you care about means nothing to eternity. Think about it. Think about what you've been worried about. And if God is truly who He says He is, and let me go ahead and assure you He is, why are you worrying about it? The Bible tells us that worry can add not one cubic to your stature. Thank God. We'd be the tallest people in the world. We couldn't build buildings big enough to put people in because we are creatures that worry. And I know there's worry in here. And you say, Pastor, you don't understand. I, I, I listen. I'm not saying that I go and I don't worry. But I have to learn to go back to the one who can take care of me. But we got to get a grip on us first. I said this last week. I'm going to say it again as we close. You have the ability to tell your body what to do. You can't say your friend made you do it. Your friend made you drink it. Your friend made you watch it. No. You have the ability to say no. I have the ability to say no. You can tell your body to stop acting like a maniac. Did you know that? You've been waiting on your spouse to tell you. They've been praying for me to tell you that you have the ability. So now spouses, you can stop praying. I told them. But you got a grip on your life. If you're saying this, I don't know what in the world I'm here for. You need to get a grip on life. Because he says this, my sheep, my sheep know my voice. And another, they will not follow. I've never understood that because I see a lot of people that claim to know the voice of God, but they don't follow it. They want to discredit everything that God's attempting or trying to do in the life, especially in a church. Everybody wants their own church today. Well, that's good stuff, Brother Christian. Went over like a crashing airplane. But get a grip. Get a grip. You don't know what your neighbor's going through, and you don't need to know. But we need to hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. He is faithful. The promises of God are yes and amen. Yes means yes, which means it's guaranteed. Amen means so let it be. And God sealed the whole word of God here with the word amen. He says it will be done as it is told. If we don't give up, we will see heaven. But until we get to heaven, just like what Haley and Dylan were showing us, there's a lot of stuff you're trying to balance. Maybe stuff you created, maybe stuff you had no control of. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who knows what your business is. Here's what I know. If your hands are full, give it to God. 
can't hatch the egg. Quit trying to be so secure. You don't have, you don't have to protect. Just, just let it hatch. Cast your cares on God. So I want you, if you will, just to bow your head, close your eyes for a moment. Just a disclosure for those of you that may heard, we're the crazy church on the hill. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to shake you. We're not going to push you. We're not going to do anything weird. But I am going to ask this question. How many of you say, Pastor? And listen, be honest, you, you don't even have to answer this, but nobody's looking around. How many of you say, Pastor, you know what? I need to get my grip back. I've lost my grip. I've lost my grip on what matters. I've lost my grip on serving the King of Kings. Will you lift your hand? When you lift your hand, just kind of get a grip. Just kind of just kind of close your hand and just say, I'm going to hold on. It's an old song. I'm going to hold to God's unchanging hand. There's another song that says, I can't even walk without you holding. You've got to get a grip on Him. And don't turn Him loose. Don't turn Him loose. You ain't going to let somebody come and steal your spouse away from you. It's just like Jesus. He's jealous. Hold on to His hand. His unchanging hand. Father, for those that raise their hands this day, You know their heart. You know their mind. And I believe they love You. But I believe that life has done what life always does. It has thrown curveballs. It has thrown things at us that have caused us to be so preoccupied we forgot about the egg in our life. We forgot about the promise. And that promise can't hatch if we're not focusing on what to do with it if we're so focused on the, on the tennis balls that are flying everywhere. But Father, today I ask you to allow them to do what I have to do so many times. When I feel that burden, when I feel that pressure, I have to cast my cares. And sometimes I just, I literally take my hands and just, just, just kind of do that. I just kind of throw it towards you because I want the enemy to know what I'm doing. I'm casting my cares upon you. Why? Because you said you care for me. You care for us. You said, cast all your cares upon me for I the Lord care for you. Father, I'm so thankful that I don't have to carry this burden. Lord, I need to get a grip on your yoke. You said to take your yoke, it is light, it is easy. Father, let us get a grip on the things of this Word. Let us stop feasting on the things of the world. Help us to get a grip on life. Help us to get a grip on your will and not turn loose. No matter what shakes us, no matter what comes at us, let us hold to your unchanging hand. Father, you've always been on time in my life. You've always been right there when I needed you most. Father, even in the darkest times of my life when I didn't sense or feel your presence, I had to speak faith. I had to speak words of faith knowing that you said you would never, never leave me. Father, I feel so impressed to say this, that there's so many in here that they haven't felt you and they've been pending their relationship on you by a feeling. It's not based on feeling. You said that the just shall live by faith. It's just believing that you're there. When we can't see you, you're there. When I can't see you working, 
you're there. When I can't see you moving, you're there. You said you go before us. So Father, I pray today that you help us to understand who you are and who we are in you. In Jesus' name. I want everybody to look up here just a minute. I, I want you, I've done this a while back. I want to show you something that will help you understand because I feel this so strong in my spirit that, that many feel like God has left them, that, that you feel like He's not there. And, and I want to tell you, last week we talked about the promises. God has promised each of us, and every promise in here is for you. It's not just for me. It's not just for a church. It's for you. But God said this. He said when, when Jesus was leaving on the Mount of Olives, when He said He's departing, He said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I can see that if I leave you, you're going to be scared to death. You're going to lose your mind because when they came and got me, you scattered. So I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you a gift. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And He's going to dwell in you. So Pastor Kevin, come here just a second. I, I want to show you something. Brother, Brother Neil, stand right here. Turn and face the congregation there. Just put your... He said, I'm going to put in you the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So you're just going to stand here. You're just, you're just stand down on the next one. So the Holy Spirit is guaranteed. It's a promise. Jesus said, I will never leave you. Jesus said that. Brother Krista, you're going to be Jesus. They come, come stand right over here with you. Jesus said, I'll never leave you. You may leave Him, but He said, I'll never leave you. Come and stand right here. Just stand facing this way. So you got Jesus by your side. God the Father said this. He said, I go before you. I go before. God said this. I go before you and prepare a table in the midst of your end. So God the Father, your, your heavenly Father, is going ahead of you. He's taking the blunt of the force if you'll let him. you got God the Father. You've got Jesus, the only begotten Son, that said, I'll never leave you. Never forsake you got the Holy Spirit that was promised inside of us. And then he said this. He said, I'm going to encamp my angels. He didn't say how many. But to each has it been given one guardian. A guardian. That is a guardian for you. That this, this particular angel that has been assigned to you, Revelation speaks about, says when you have prayed... When you've prayed and you filled the prayer bowls of heaven, the angel of the Lord, this angel, will pour that out. He's not going to pour it out till it's full. The reason most of us are not getting answered because we're not praying. He said, you have not because you ask not, and you have not because you ask him. He will pour out the blessing. And when he does, he said, it will be a sweet aroma. But then he says this, he said, I'm going to encamp angels around. So Brother Steve, come on over here, guys. Come on over here with me. You just stand all around him right here. Now, now let me say something to you. The enemy comes in to kill, steal, and destroy. Brother Neil, if I try to get to you right now, these men can... Get off me! I'm going to get him! So the enemy has to do this. He has to lie to you. He has to, from a distance, say, Neil, God doesn't love you. God doesn't care about you. Look at him turning. God doesn't love you. I'm going to destroy your family. I'm going to kill you. 
If you've got a grip on the Word and what it says, you've been, every person in here has been promised this right here. You've been promised this. This is a very important factor that this is, this is what we're trying to get out of the church. A lot of churches are trying to get this out because this is what guides us. The Holy Spirit. We don't want that to be active. We need to control that in a side room somewhere, you maniac. But after that which the Holy Ghost fell upon them, they left the upper room. They didn't leave the upper room before the Holy Ghost fell. You want to know why? Because they were scared. They wanted to all assemble and have a little pep rally. They didn't go in another room and start speaking. They left. They began to speak in tongues. And everybody understood what they were saying. Why? Because the Holy Ghost knows more than you know. It's time for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. You can't get a grip on the Holy Ghost. He does some crazy stuff up in here, up in here. So that's what makes us different. That's why we're called the crazy church up on the hill. We need to be crazy about our God. I seen a post on Facebook and it said this. It said, touchdown and had their team and it said, just practice it. I thought it was kind of humorous. I thought, why don't we say, Hallelujah! The King is coming! Why are we not proclaiming that Jesus is coming? We're already getting prepared of how we're going to say, Touchdown! And fill in the blank. I'm not, listen, I'm not in this world. I'm not of this world. I'm here in it. But I'm ready to see the King of glory. I'm ready to go to heaven. And I'm tired of seeing the devil steal, kill, and to destroy. It's time. He said, Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I can have abundant life when I got this around me. Look at him looking at me. Is that Brother Krista? He's in his own world over here. I got sneak in by Brother Krista. Church, you've been promised. And I have to remind myself of this many days. Sometimes two or three times a day. Because the same enemy that attacks you attacks me. Listen, what God has started in your life, and I'm telling you, the devil's so mad at you right now because he knows some of you are getting a grip on, on your calling. Some of you have been convinced all oh, your calling is to serve the preacher. Gag! Jesus said, I came to serve, not to be served. You don't serve man, you serve God. And if you serve God, he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. It's time for us to serve God and love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. Thank you, man. This week we've got a very big week planned. The Lord so tarries. We've got Kids Fest. For those of you that don't know, I'm going to confess to you. Confession's good for the soul. I know all about this game. I play this game called Minecraft. I don't play the survival kind because I don't want to get killed. I don't need any more stress in my life. I play the creative side. And if a creeper comes in, there's creepers on there, or Enderman, if he comes in and steals my blocks, and I just, I just create a new world. I, I'm not going to live where the creeper comes. 
I just get rid of it. These sheep on this game, they eat the grass. I, I plant beautiful grass in my, my gardens. And when they, they'll eat a square like this, they'll eat a square out and it'll be plain and I can't stand that. So I have to pick it out and put a new one. So I just burn all the sheep. That's what God's going to do to the devil. That's what I do to the sheep. So if you don't understand Minecraft, we're going to be talking about it. This is for the whole family. This is for the whole family. Get out there and spread the gospel, the good news. Get some kids here. Get here yourself. You may get saved at Kids Fest. Wouldn't that be great? Father, Father, as we prepare to leave this place, we may never, we may never get to assemble here again. And I say, what a day that'll be when my Jesus, your only begotten Son, when my Jesus I shall see, when I look upon His face, the one who saved us all by His grace. As He takes me by the hand, Father, I don't want to lose that grip and leads me through that promised land. What a day. Father, if that day doesn't come this week and you allow us to do this Kids Fest, God, I pray for every, every boy, every girl, every family that comes in here. And Father, you don't just save that individual, but you save that entire household. Lord, this year we're going after the entire family. And we're going to take back what the enemy has stolen. He's a thief and he is the master deceiver. The deceiver of the brethren. But Father, I come to proclaim that your son said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And you said that Jesus came, that we should have life and have it more abundantly. It's time for the church to live in abundance. It's time for us to have more than enough. It's time for us to live in that pressed down and that shaking together and running over blessing. And God, I believe, I believe, I believe that's what you're doing as we leave here, Lord. Our profession of faith, our profession of hope, is this let's say it together church let the words of our mouth say it like you mean it let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in thy sight O Lord our strength and our redeemer in Jesus name Amen